So I hope that it's not only a preview of coming attractions legislatively, but it also opens the door to a particularly thoughtful and thorough and well-delivered set of benefits through SSDI. Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, Connecting ALS. I am one of your hosts, Mike Stevenson, and I am joined by my co-host, Jeremy Holden. And Jeremy, as much as we were all looking forward to turning that calendar page to 2021 and kind of bidding farewell to the uh, upside-down year that was 2020, right away in our first week of the new year, we witnessed a sad and uh, dangerous scene play out in our nation's capital. Yeah, Mike, and I think a lot of folks are still reeling and trying to make sense out of the imagery that we saw out of Washington, D.C. last weekend. Uh, I know you and I uh, shifted gears uh, here on Connecting ALS. We had plans to bring to our listeners a conversation that we had with one of the leaders in the fight against ALS up on Capitol Hill, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. But given everything that was happening last week, uh, decided to push the pause button, so to speak, and give everybody some time to reflect on what was happening. That being said, while we're still trying to make sense of what happened and and while we're still anticipating and and wondering what the inauguration is going to look like next week, we do have a new Congress. We are going to uh, be swearing in what we all hope is going to be a peaceful transfer of power, a new administration, which means new fights and skirmishes on the public policy front, uh, new efforts to defend funding for ALS research. Uh, And so it is, I think, an appropriate time to reflect back on a big win that ALS advocates recognized toward the end of 2020. And that, of course, Mike, is the passage of the ALS Disability Insurance Access Act, waiving the five-month period for people with ALS to access their Social Security disability insurance. And I just have been reflecting back on this conversation and how it does show the good that government can do and has done uh, as recently as, as December. I know it's easy to uh, kind of forget some of that progress that was made amidst all the chaos that's been around us this past few weeks, but you're right. There has been some significant strides taken in ALS advocacy, and and one of the biggest victories we had last year came at the very end of the year with the passage of that bill, and we were fortunate to uh, talk to, as you said, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island about his role in bringing that bill forward. Uh, Let's listen back to that conversation now. We're joined on the line today by Rhode Island Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. Good afternoon, Senator, and thanks for being with us on Connecting ALS. Thank you, Mike. Good to be with you. So we brought you on following the recent passage of the ALS Disability Insurance Access Act through Congress, a bill that will remove the five-month waiting period for access to Social Security disability benefits for someone diagnosed with ALS. You and Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas first introduced this legislation way back in 2016, Can you tell us why this has been such a key issue for you, Senator? Well, I have um, people in Rhode Island who I know who have suffered from ALS. And in the time that I've been in the Senate, I've met people, Rhode Islanders, who've come in after an ALS diagnosis. And it's not unusual to have the patient come in the first year under their own steam and the second year, maybe with a cane or a walker or a wheelchair, and then maybe the third year with breathing support and electronic device to 
get around in. And then the next year their widow comes. Mm. And the trajectory of this disease is just heartbreaking. And at the moment we have no solutions. So in a world in which good news is almost never a part of the a program, I want to try to generate some good news and at least get people quickly onto the SSDI benefits that they've paid for. As you know better than I do, sometimes ALS patients can pass away in one Rhode Islander passed away in a little bit over six months. Mm-hmm. So the five month delay really did not serve that family well. Yeah. Mike mentioned that the you, you, the bill was first introduced in 2016, but you, one of the things that struck me, you gave uh, you made comments on the floor of the Senate after passage that a, a, the, a vote this size, I believe it was 96 to one, can can look easy, but in fact, a lot of work went into this. Can you talk to us a little bit about the passage or the the uh, the amount of work that went into it and how that unfolded over the last couple of years? Well, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> call out names, but there were senators who were opposed to the legislation who prevented it from passing by unanimous consent, who required us to have to work through a process to actually get to the floor and uh, get a vote on it. Ordinarily, you'd think under circumstances like these, this is the kind of bill that you could generate unanimous consent on in the Senate, but we couldn't do that. So we had to work through all those objections and try to get that most precious of all things to Senate leaders, and that is floor time. Uh, and an agreement to limit the time and the vote and so that they know what they're getting into when they let us on the floor on this bill. And we finally worked through all that. And I have to give a lot of credit to Tom Cotton on that because the uh, floor is controlled by his party. And so his advocacy really made a big difference in getting the floor time that is at the, uh, at the heart of getting this passed. And the second concern was the, um, what in, a, in law school, they'd say the slippery slope argument oh boy, if we let ALS people come in and, you know, able to get around the five-month waiting period, then everybody else is going to be stacked up right behind them and we'll end up losing the five-month waiting period. Well, A, I didn't care very much about that. And B, I'm open to other diseases that are as devastating and as inevitable as uh, ALS to also have the same treatment. But there really aren't very many. I think ALS is pretty unique in terms of the uh, forecast of what life is going to be like and um, hopes for a cure and for uh, ameliorating treatments. So I don't care what argument you want to come at me on, that <laughs> that didn't sell. But it took some pressure because there were people who thought, you know, this is well-intentioned and it's fine, but we don't want to open the floodgates. Sure. And Senator, we heard you refer to this legislation as a simple act of humanity. And I think that's the perfect way to phrase it because it seems like a simple thing, waiving this waiting period. But for families facing ALS, whom, as you said, do not have the luxury of time, this can go a very long way. Are you hopeful that this sort of uh, this sort of legislation, acts of humanity, uh, to, to put it in your words, is something we'll see more of in the next few sessions? Yeah, I, I hope so. I also hope that the way that uh, Social Security supports families during the five months that they now don't have to wait through um, becomes a really powerful example of how to support families who are going through this. It's a lot 
to take on board when a loved one has this diagnosis. It's a lot to take on board when it's your diagnosis. And the supports that families need then are, I think, are really critical. So I hope that it's not only a preview of coming attractions legislatively, but it also opens the door to a particularly thoughtful and thorough and well-delivered set of benefits through SSDI. As the law was uh, being put into place, we also saw news that another ALS uh, association and ALS advocacy priority was being met with uh, increased funding for the ALS research program over at the Department of Defense. Can you talk to us a little bit about the importance of federal research for healthcare, generally speaking, but it's particularly um, ALS research funded at the federal level? Yeah, we have had actually what at the broader levels you would have to describe as a good news story in terms of constant bipartisan pressure to increase our investment in medical research through the National Institute of Health, National Academies of Science and all of that, and through the program at the DOD that allows for more specific uh, congressional direction. ALS has been a bit of a stepchild in that because there's no obvious cure or palliative treatment. You have to go a step back, I think, and start to look at some really important primary research to build the base for the specific discoveries that then will follow and that will allow this illness um, to be treated by modern medical science. And so because it's in that position, I think it has not gotten the attention that it deserves. And so continuing to press forward on that is a goal, I think, of a great many of ours. Senator, you mentioned a moment ago that good news is hard to come by these days, and it certainly has been in 2020, and we're all looking forward to a brighter 2021, hopefully, uh, moving forward. But uh, in the wake of this good news about uh, the ALS Disability Insurance Access Act, has your office and have you been hearing from constituents uh, celebrating this and thanking you for your commitment and kind of championing this legislation through? Have you, have you been hearing some of that praise? Yeah, I mean, I think people are... are Uh, glad that this happened for a great many families with a loved one who has ALS. This period has already passed. It's not going to help them. Hmm. But one of the things that I've learned from the ALS advocacy community is how tight this community is and how the community not only supports each other, but also is working really hard to make sure that people who come behind them and suffer this diagnosis, have a better shot than they had. And so, yes, it has been heartwarming to be able to deliver at least some good news to people who suffer ALS. But, you know, once again, the thing that is really telling about ALS and the ALS community is less the illness itself or the harsh, inevitable course of the illness than the human quality and courage and strength that patients and their families stand up against that. Mm. Two people I knew in Rhode Island who were really important in our local newspaper. When you're in politics, the newspaper's (laughs) really important to you. You're watching them and they're watching you. And we had uh, two reporters, one in my early years and one later on, who both got ALS and 
literally had to learn to do their work and write with new technologies, you know, using their eyeballs, for instance. And there is a lesson in human courage and in the human spirit that comes out of this experience in this community. Uh, I just assume we not have to have that lesson and that we can get rid of the disease. Mm-hmm. But with the disease there, there is this incredible demonstration of human quality that comes from this terrible experience. And in the same way, here you have these families for whom this will make no difference. They're already past five months, but they care about the next family. And that's why they're happy that this took place. Again, it's a... um, well, perhaps in the holiday season, it's just a wonderful thing to have the chance to experience that we're not all selfish. It's not always all about me. And in the direst of circumstances, we can summon qualities of humanity that inspire the rest of the world. Senator Whitehouse, thank you so much for your time today. And more importantly, for championing this critical legislation and for your years of standing up on behalf of the ALS community. Well, I'm really happy to do it. The ALS community has inspired me far more than I've inspired it. So uh, happy to be of service. Well, Mike, great episode to start the year. Again, uh, a challenging first week to the year. We're still trying to make sense of it, uh, but really uh, couldn't be more grateful that to, uh, to share these airwaves with you and to bring great guests like Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. Uh, that's two senators we've been able to speak to uh, just in recent months. Folks can recall and go back and revisit our conversation with Senator Lisa Murkowski from Alaska. So, you know, setting the stage for what I hope is going to be a great year of podcasting and, and bringing some, some really good voices to listeners. Both Senators Whitehouse and Murkowski have long been on the side of the ALS community, and it was great to have them put into words uh, how passing legislation like this could really set us up for for real progress uh, in 2021 and beyond. That is our show for the week. Uh, Be sure to subscribe at connectingals.org or wherever you get your podcast. And if you would leave us reviews on those sites, uh, that helps as well as it allows other people to discover the show. You can also follow us on social media on Facebook and Twitter to make sure you don't miss out on any of the latest content. This episode was produced by Garrett Tiedemann of the ALS Association's Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota chapter. Thank you all for listening. We'll connect with you again soon. Mm -hmm.